Welcome to this week's episode of Urban Legends, the internet's number one podcast about urban legends. I believe I've not looked up stats. I am original member of Craftwork, Chris Flynn, and with me, as always, is the inventor of the Battenberg cake, Neil Herbert. Hi, Neil. How's your week been? Yeah, been good. Been good. Yeah. Yeah, you'd be. Um, it's getting lighter. Yeah, it is, isn't it? It's getting lighter in the evenings now. That's good. Um, do you mind if I ask you how you came up with the idea for the Battenberg cake, or is that a is that a secret? No, no. Well, like like um, like many great inventors, um, somebody else came up with it, and I just bought it <laughs> off with them cheap. Really? Made an absolute fortune out of it. Yeah. Lovely. Did you? Not, did not you... my taste at all, to be honest with you. Marzi panel over everything. Did, did, did you? Um, did you have the? Baker that came up with it, uh, blackballed from from bakery circles, like like Edison might have. I, I probably would have done if he tried to sort of claim any other kind of cake inventionings that could threaten my share of the market in, uh, in Germany. But uh, did you have him killed? <laughs> I'm not a liberty to discuss such things. I don't know why you'd ask those kind of outrageous questions. I didn't. I did. But did I have him? But did I have him ground up into flour and baked into a giant Battenberg? I can't, I can't say. And the, and the bits that couldn't be ground into flour turned into marzipan, suspiciously bitter-tasting marzipan. I couldn't possibly say. Look, Neil, I didn't get into craft assertion. I didn't get into craft work without knowing how to ask the right questions, Neil, as you know. Um, so do you have anything uh, that you're currently working on? Um, or that you've got your eye on that someone else is working on, perhaps. Yeah, well, well just trying to sort of like buy out the uh, patents on fondant fonsies. Fondant Go change the name slightly yeah. so you don't have to pay any royalties. <laughs> yeah. I reckon there's good market in that. Nice. Yeah, um, other than that, you know, Battenberg's still selling well, so, you know, live off the residuals of that for... Is that the only, is that the only one which you've got, like you haven't got, like, I don't know? Scones, something like that. <laughs> Sadly, scones predate me by a few hundred years. Oh, okay. Oh, well, um, you know, I wish you... Hey, you know, what, one, you one great idea and then it's just kind of like, you know... Easy, yeah, easy street. Anyway, uh, you know, we've, in, we've innovated a lot in the... In the, in in the, the cakes. But I forgot the brand of bird cake. No, what's Battenberg cake. Um, you've got mini ones now. Yeah. Different colours. Are you... Um, and this might be a sensitive question. Are you actually able to bake one yourself or are you not much of a cook? I'm more of an ideas man. And by ideas <laughs> man, I mean buying ideas of someone else. Yeah, no, I've, I've never baked any in my life. Um, can you bake anything like bread or, um, you know, flat bread, uh, no. round bread? Don't, Roll, don't rolls, that. I think they're called. <laughs> Work no. for someone else. No, no. Oh, okay. Well, um, you know, uh, thanks, thanks for. Um, well, I was going to say inventing, but thanks for bringing to a larger market the Battenberg cake because I, yeah. I quite it's quite nice with a nice cup of tea. You, you want something, yeah, to balance the sweetness with the marzipan I find. Yeah, like um, some Angostura bitters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> Just lemon juice. Um, so, as you know, Neil, I'm a TV aficionado. Um, Absolutely. I, I like to, you know, sometimes uh, give a little recommendation to to the hundreds of thousands of listeners who listen to this this yep. podcast. Uh, and uh, I've been watching recently a show called Castle. And what that's about is it's uh, it's based in the medieval times. Okay, and, yeah. And um, it's like uh, it's interesting because it's because I've done it like a fly on the wall documentary of life in a castle, but set in the medieval times. So it's kind of a that's weird. Clever, isn't it? Yeah. So it's kind of, do, do they do that sort of cinema verite kind of style of like sweeping cameras all over the show and all that? Yeah, yeah. A lot of it's drone shots, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, it. It's not for kids, I'd say that, because there's a lot of violence, as you'd imagine, in the yeah. castle, um, and it's very kinetic and visceral. Um, and also, I mean, if we're being honest, sexual equality wasn't what it is now back in the back in the medieval times. No, it's different times. But what, uh, you know... Well, what's happening is... Um, well, you, know, you, know, you like to hear Eleanor of Aquitaine's... Very yeah, strong I mean, you had women. Yeah. If you were high enough up the ranks, but but you know, I would say they were an exception rather than the rule. Yeah, I think that's a fair fair comment. Um, and what's happened in the most recent episode is Pele's come into the castle. Okay. The, the, the footballer, the footballer Pele, yeah, yeah, the okay, retired yeah. footballer. He's come in yeah. with um, with playing Lerner. himself, or, or is it? Yeah, he's playing. Okay, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it, it, it's a bit of a left turn for the series. Is he, is he selling dick pills? He's got him on a wagon. Kicks. He's got him on yeah. a wagon, you know, like um, you know, like an apothecary. Yeah. And he comes in and goes, I'm Pele. Would, would you like your Johnson to be hard? Yeah. Like that. Um, and he's got a load of guys from the favelas with him, like as a, you know, as an entourage. Oh, nice. Yeah, and they um and they they uh outside the castle, you know, the kind of the earthworks that can because it's on top of a hill. All the that they start building a favela up the side of the hill. So there's a lot about gang politics in there. It's quite quite realistic then. It's very <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> They've gone to the uh, the Zack Snyder school of historical accuracy. <clears throat> It's 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 historically accurate as far as I'm aware, yeah. and um, then sort of. Well, well, I've, I've seen the the Guy Ritchie King Arthur movie, so I, I know. Right, I yeah, so, so, yeah. I think it's I think it, I think it's the same writers. David um, Beckham in it. So that was another <laughs> film. I don't think he was playing himself in that film. I don't. Think. <laughs> he was. He I'm was not sure. He was playing. It's hard uh, to tell. He was playing Guinevere. Um, yeah. yeah, and so you've got. So what you've got now is you've got sort of Pele there. Trying to hock the dick pills yeah. um, with all his favela guys, and they're like listening to Brazilian hip hop and stuff on the ghetto blasters. Um, you know, they've got AK 47s. I imagine that's not going down too well with the well, local the barons. kings. Well, yeah, the king, literally the king of the castle. He's furious. Oh, the king lives in this castle, doesn't he? Yeah, he's a king. It's yeah. like the Tower of London or something. No, I think it's, um, I think it's set in uh, Bohemia. So, oh, okay. you, so, oh right, it's not. You so, all, so you had lots of small states under, under the um, the Holy Roman 
Holy Roman Empire back then, didn't you? There were lots of different different little states. Um, so yeah, and the the guys from the favelas are going into the village, um, you know, on their on their on their scramblers, and you know, scaring all the horses and um, you know, uh, stealing chickens, that kind of stuff, and you know, just cause, causing causing mayhem, you know, drunk and disorderly, um, smoking their pot weeds. And the kings... I, I imagine they've got hearts of gold, though, really, Chris. Oh, I mean, I mean, what would you do in the same situation? That's what you've got to look at. It's not really their fault. It's a socio, socio-economic thing, isn't it, really? The, the, the opportunities for a footballer stroke Viagra salesman in the Middle Ages were very limited. In medieval Bohemia, yeah. yeah. Um so uh so the king's really pissed off um he's you know getting he's trying to get his knights to go and fight, but they've got like swords and that um and the guys have got a k forty sevens it's all right though because they've got all the they've got all the metal plating on uh the armor and so at the moment there's a tent standoff and um They've got uh, basically they've got someone as a go-between, played by Christopher Biggins, who's trying to trying to negotiate a peace. Okay, yeah, yeah. He's the local local tavern tavern uh, owner. So pulling out all the stops there, he's quite a powerful actor, Christopher Biggins. Very powerful actor. Yeah, I saw him in Porridge once. It was uh, it's very effective. Playing lukewarm, yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, I mean, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. It's already been. It's already been commissioned for a second series, so um, yeah, that's Castle. Give it a watch. Would be I'd give it, yeah. I'd give it an eight out of ten. That's but a, I'll again, put it on my list. Again, it's not not for kids. You know, I, I mean, mean I think people, you know, criticize the, Amazon for throwing. There's a, there's a the, the, because of the dick pills thing. There's a lot of full frontal male nudity in it. So you know, if that's not you know, if you if you're scared of that, then don't watch it. That'd be my advice to you. Neil. Oh, fair enough, fair enough. Um, yeah, and then people criticise Amazon for throwing millions of pounds at any old shit. It just sounds like a you know, it's another, it's good, another it? great cross, great success. Yes, cross genre. JP. Yeah. So Neil. Um, this week, and I know you're very excited about this because you Absolutely. like the old, the old. Um, I like an, a human animal hybrid. Yeah, um, we are going to be looking at the slightly patchy tale. I mean, I'm not sure there's even a tale. It's just a thing of the Ratman of Southend. Oh, Southend, you say? Southend on Sea. I don't think we've been to Essex yet. Uh, no. No, probably haven't. Um, I'm not sure. It's quite a modern... Well, even though it's really old, because it's got um, Colchester. Oh, okay. So it's got Colchester. So that's a really old town. But I kind of always think of Essex as quite a modern place because of of all the... It's kind of on the outskirts of London. Um, There's... You know they're they're very much ahead of the curve when it comes to being influencers and uh, beauty salon owners. I think that's fair to say. Um, 
so yeah, I don't even though there's lots of old stuff, I think Vesix is quite modern. So I wouldn't really expect lots of urban legends, but the Ratman of South End. So South End on Sea, in case people don't know, is a seaside resort uh where people go to have stag do's and hen parties and that kind of stuff. Um so it's a bit of a party town. Think that's think that's fair, Neil? Yeah, well, I mean, most you tend to get that on the seaside, don't you? See plenty of uh, hen days and stag days down in Brighton as well. To be fair, um, but yeah, no, I can. I think anywhere where there's a bit of sea, you tend to get a uh, yeah. A lot well, of there's, a, there's there's very few seaside towns which are actually thriving. Yeah, I mean, there is that. Yeah, if if you're doing all right, do you know what I mean? Obviously. Mm. And it's got, it has a pier. We're going to Skegness these days. But. And it famously has a pier, which is Longest, a mile long. I believe. It's got a little, got a little, got a little train on it so you can get to the end if you're lazy. Um, so I'm going to start off with the Ratman on Crypt, uh, Cryptid Wiki, which is a good place to start. And then I'm going to look at, I'll, I'll be honest with you viewers, most of what you can read about the Rat Man is about a paragraph long, <laughs> but but um, I've managed to find a couple of articles which are a little bit longer and um, plenty of room for speculation. Yeah, you know, let's see, let's see how we get along. So, the Rat Man of Southend is a local legend originating in the town of Southend on Sea, Essex. It centres around an underpass. Already <laughs> really specific. It's just one one tunnel. Um, but, but to be fair, I mean, yeah. I used to remember a couple of underpasses I used to sort of come through on the way to work when I was living in Port Slade. That can be a bit, can be a bit spooky. Sort of place you could see yourself getting jumped. Yeah, you I know. get one that's like not very well lit, and it's always just a bit, you know, oh, yeah. drunks hanging around and stuff. Um, so, yeah. so the legend has two main variants. Uh, the commonality between them being the presence of a rat-like creature who appears in the pedestrian walkways at night. See, so I was hoping for a bit of a twist here, and the twist is going to be the rat man has actually got a cat's head or something. <laughs> Ironically called. Like, yeah, when they, like when they call like a really massive guy tiny. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, uh, it's actually Catwoman. Um, so the first is that it's a ghost. So the most commonly told story of the Rat Man involves an old man who used the underpass to escape from the rain and the cold at night. The story goes that he was old and barely able to walk. So far, not very scary. One night, a group of teenagers... would be if you're an old man. Yeah. One night, a group... kids telling This is the bit which rings, rings true. One night, a group of teenagers beat him half to death and stole his blanket, the only real warm, uh, source of warmth he had. Dying from his injuries and the biting cold of the night, he succumbed to hypothermia. His stiffening corpse nibbled and gnawed on by the numerous vermin who inhabit the area. Soon after, local reported odd noises, namely a high-pitched squealing and the sound of nails dragging along the walls. Whether evidence of a real ghost or an overactive imagination, the fact remains the story of the subsequent noises led to locals dubbing the creature the Ratman of South End. So, I mean, that's that reminds me of uh, Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman in the Tim Burton Batman films, how she becomes Catwoman when she 
Oh, I haven't. Falls. I don't think I've ever fully seen that movie, but falls just falls to a death. Yeah, and Crystal then... Walton kicks off a building, and then a cat breathes in her mouth or something. Yeah, cats start licking Walton's her wounds. Cats can, yeah. So, Amazing healing medical cats. Well, the, you know, they've got the, their tongues are very rough, so it could get out bits of glass. Or they yeah. wouldn't want a cat eating a bit of glass. I don't know. I mean, you know, if it was that or nothing, you'd probably let a cat lick your wound, wouldn't you? I mean, fair enough, if that's the only medicine available and there's no leeches or anything, I can't get a good, you know, good leech in, then uh, fair enough, I'll take, I'll take a cat cat tongue. But, uh, yeah, I imagine, imagine the kind of injuries consistent with falling off of a building are not going to be easily healed by well, the, the, cats. I'll, I'll, it, it wasn't consensual. She was knocked out slash dead. So it wasn't like she grabbed the cat and started rubbing it on her wounds. Oh yeah, no, just I don't know why I'm questioning the um, the you know reliability of a Tim Burton Batman movie, but it's fine. Well, they, were the, they were the best ones. So the second one is that it's a mutant child. <laughs> well, I'm going to say let's just go back. To, so it's an old man. So presumably this guy was homeless. So well, this is a, there's, there's two. There's two. There's two conflicting stories. As... Oh no, 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 I get that. But I just just right. going back to the first one for a second. Mm. So I'm assuming this is a homeless homeless fella. Well, it doesn't specify, but read, yeah, reading between the lines, between the lines, almost certainly sounds like yeah. You wouldn't just sort of chill to there. You would have a blanket with you, would you, if you were? I don't know. Unless you had, like, one of those weighted blankets because you wanted to be really relaxed in a cinema or something. But it doesn't It doesn't specify that. That's me speculating. I think I might have seen somewhere else it might, it might have been a homeless person. But, yeah, it sounds like it anyway. It sounds likely. Yeah, and some fucking teenagers gave him a shoe-in and stole his blanket. Because yeah, that does sound, that sound a bit like the um, what is it? That's that scene from uh, Clockwork Orange. Do you think yeah. it was Malcolm McDowell and his mates? It could have been having, having a bit of an ultraviolet, a bit of, bit of Beethoven. That's what they don't mention. I mean, I wonder if the you know that isn't the film Jean Claude Van Damme film Hard Target. He's like a homeless ex-veteran, and he is yeah. And they try and hunt him because man is the most. Most, most dangerous game. Yeah. Yeah, well, it was, that's, that's the first... I mean, could, so, yeah, that's, could, it, could, could it have been from this? Maybe. Well, yeah, because... You know, he, he, he got up and roundhouse kicked the teenagers in... <laughs> the kicked their heads clean off. Yeah. <laughs> protecting his blanket. Maybe it was a comfort blanket. Maybe it wasn't about warmth. Maybe he was just a bit nervous. I don't know. Yeah. He wants to be. He's going around. He's going to get beaten to death just minding his own business. <laughs> Good Lord, clearly, clearly not a. Uh, yeah. So you hear so you, there are stories of teenagers beating up homeless people. Um, I think sadly these things do happen. Yeah, you hear. But less, like I would say, to... I would say less so these days than than unless they're just not reporting it anymore. Well, I think that this is part of the thing. I mean. You, you would hope that people were a bit more sympathetic, but no, you do hear you do hear stories of kind of like assaults and all sorts of things, and people setting fire to, um, you know, people's tents and things like that. It's a bit of a laugh, isn't it, when you're out and about? Yeah, um, murdering someone. Yeah, hilarious. I've always um, wondered if I was homeless because you know your mind goes there. Um, whether it's safer to sleep somewhere really like quiet and out the way. 
or somewhere really busy because do you, know, you, you know what I mean? Because if you're quiet and yeah. out of the way, then if, then if someone does attack you, then you're on your own kind of thing. And people, I think you're less likely to run into that kind of thing, though. Cause I think then it, you're more like, yeah. Yeah, because I think it literally is just like drunken lads and then the fact that yeah. why report it to the police because you probably don't think they're going to do much about it. I mean, you know, if you're homeless, you're not necessarily going to, you know, or, tell you or what, there's going to be someone available to report it to. There's a big hollow tree on the corner of Preston Park um, and you can get into it. You can climb into the tree and I've got my eye on that if I end up homeless. going live mm, okay. to live, live in the tree, like Noddy or something, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that might, you know, it's fairly difficult to get you, into. You hear stories about like people who they build themselves shelters and things in Hyde Park. It's quite clever, actually. They just, yeah. you know, they'll sort of dig a hole. You have to be really, really careful. Is find a sort of space between some bushes and then dig a hole and sort of like uh, go go and shelter build, down there. Build a bunker. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Or a spider hole like Saddam Hussein was found in. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's unfortunate at the moment because down the seafront in Brighton, there's loads of tents where homeless people are living because, obviously, we've got a government who don't care about that anymore. So the homeless situation is getting a lot worse, isn't it? But, you know. Yeah, certainly, certainly you do see it in Brighton. It's, it's, worse, than it, yeah, it's worse than it was. Yeah, yeah. it comes, comes in spikes. Yep. So, speaking of our current Prime Minister, uh, the second uh, option is Mutant Child. So, the other main version of the story is far more fanciful and seems to have emerged through schoolyard folklore, the best type. A tale passed between children to frighten and unnerve their classmates. In this version, the Rat Man is no longer a ghost, but a real creature. Story runs that the mayor of the town was a known adulterer <laughs> and was eventually cursed for his infidelity in the form of a grotesque child. <laughs> a baby with the elongated snout and worm-like tail of a rat. The child grew up and developed a taste for flesh, <laughs> as you do. And then, and then he joined the lo- local conservative club. I mean, the thing is... it does sound... Well, so Mayor of London... No, it doesn't say that. Mayor children. of Southend. I know, I, know, I know it's Mayor of Southend. Yeah. I know. Go with me on this. So, Because, right. you know, because Bojo was Mayor of London, wasn't he? He was. Two terms, I believe, sadly. Um, yeah. And uh, he... Uh, yeah, I, well, the rumours have it that he's, you know... No, he was. He was definitely... No, no, no. No, he was definitely Mayor of London for two terms. Oh, no, he was definitely... He, he, he definitely has cheated on his business. Definitely. I'll say that now. Fair enough. I'm not saying rumour yeah. has it. I'll say. I'll say no, no, I, was, I, was, I believe there's allegations that he's had children out of wedlock as well. Yes, he like, has. Yes, 100. percent He has. They're not allegations. I'm, I'm creeping around it because I don't know how much of this is actual facts out there. But um, anyway, um, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I yeah, know. Certainly, certainly. I thumb um, I thumb my nose that libel laws. <laughs> okay, I, I, I did not join you in that. In that, but. Uh, for you anyway yeah so 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 um yeah so i don't know interesting parallel but uh, no, anyway we're talking about the mayor of mayor of south so it says the child which grew and developed a taste for flesh so i mean i mean how much flesh are you giving this child for it to develop the taste for it you know it's well it's growing up by itself isn't it it's having a hard knock life it didn't say that 
Well, what, what do you think? What do you think they're raising this big yeah, bad boy? I think so. Well, what, I mean, why not? He looks to be fair. You'd imagine it would need a bit more looking after, and then so it gets his wife to do that, and it gives him more time for adultering. Seems like. I mean, that seems like the smart play. He wants to be like your Jersey Devil, doesn't he? He wants to get out there and make it for himself, I would have thought. You reckon? Yeah, pull himself up by his own bootstraps, yeah. Go and join the circus. I'm sure that's... What, and develop a taste for flesh? <laughs> well, you know, uh, that is perfect. <laughs> yeah, you know, we've all got... <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, you know, it's the imperfections which make us human. <laughs> Rats. And we, you know, we don't, we don't know. If, we don't know if, uh, you know, don't know if he was actually how he's how he's fulfilling this, do we? Uh, no. I mean, what what do you reckon? Trips to trips to the morgue, or? Well, I mean, how many how many unsolved murders have there been in Southend? I mean, th- th- have been thousands a week. Nord, Nord, Nord. I don't know. Did I think think we're like... going to have to put a Freedom of Information Act in again, aren't we? How, dear, dear, dear Chief Inspector Southend, uh, how many? I I would like to put in a FOI request to know how many unsold gnawings there have been <laughs> in Southend over the last twelve month period. Well, you're allowed to now. It's the law. Yes, it's what government's for. So, seeking a solution to the problem, the mayor had the underpass constructed. I wonder where this is going. With a concealed entrance to a chamber within which his monstrous offspring may hide, only to emerge at night to indulge his hunger. So, I mean, it does sound like he's looking after it. I mean, he's he's basically set a human trap so that it can... So it's can, an ironic reverse of roles, isn't it? It's like, yeah, so it human trap rather than rat trap. indulge in its hunger. Well, um, is it, it's probably a better father than he was a husband, let's put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> look, look, rat, look, rat boy. Uh, I know I know <laughs> you've developed, some, and I don't know where you've got it. Uh, it must be from your mother's side, but you've developed a taste for human flesh. So what I'm going to do... So I'm going to use council funds to build an underpass. Uh, I mean, luckily enough, we did actually need one, on, you know, because uh, this road's quite dangerous. So we need one anyway. And I'll put in a little chamber for you so that, you know, you know I mean, you know, keep, keep it to a minimum. But, and, you know, ideally, don't go for any of the people who vote for me. But... You know, now and then, you know, if you see someone on their own and they look like they don't have any family or anything that's going to cause any problems, you know, have, have at it. <laughs> it could well be. Well, I mean, it's, you've got to, you've got to, yeah, you've got to admire his, um, well, some, good, some good father, isn't it, really? <laughs> so, uh, references in the media. Local author D. Gordon uh, detailed the local ghost stories of the Essex area, including that of the Rat Man in the book Haunted Southend. 
The Rat Man is mentioned alongside other folkloric creatures in the book Baby's First Cryptid by Carl Farmer. Baby's what the first <laughs> <laughs> young. Um... That's, that's, we've got to get that book, man. That does sound <laughs> worth it. I'm just, I'm just going to Google this. Baby's First Cryptid. I mean, that's just really weird. I mean, does it... Does it act- I mean, does it? I don't it's know. I mean, singular I'm, thinking. I'll say that much. I, I'm slightly astonished occur, by it. It wouldn't occur to me if I was, um, if I was going to, if you, if you publish had a book about cryptids and think, oh, I know, um, babies like what? What do babies like? Ah, terrifying monsters. <laughs> they eat humans. <laughs> that's what. But that's what babies like, isn't it? I don't know. I'll be honest with you. I don't have kids. But from what I understand, what what babies really like, help them sleep, is some terrifying tales of uh, monsters that will eat eat them, basically. Well, you say that, Chris. I mean, that's that's old you, school, I, isn't it? That's old I'll tell school you what, parenting. It's, it's got 100% five-star ratings on Amazon. How many? 23. Wow, that's not bad. It's not obviously just the person who wrote it. I mean, you might have just done 23, to be honest, but... <laughs> Unfortunately, I don't have Kindle Unlimited anymore. So, uh, oh no! So, uh, How I much can't, is it? Um, it's not that I can't remember actually. I say it's not that much. It's probably like about seven pound a month or something. It's not really worth No, it. I mean, how much is the book? Um, Two pound thirty nine for a Kindle version of six pound sixty five for the paperback. Well, Carl Farmer, we've given you some free advertising. You're welcome to send us a copy. Oh, hang on a minute. Oh no, he's telling me yeah. We well, could do a deal. 23 quiffs. Oh, God. So, the myth is also explored briefly in the book Stuff Brits Like by author and broadcaster Fraser McAlpine. With the stuff Brits... Yeah, I mean, I know as a Brit, the one thing which which we can all agree on in these... in these... in these shattered times is that we all like cannibal rat men. Isn't that true, Neil? That's the one thing one thing holding this country together tenuous tenuously. It, it it is, and I'll tell you so much why. I've just um I've just given myself a subscription to Kindle Unlimited. They were doing an offer. Right. And uh, I'll tell you this, Chris. Yeah. Um A is for Ahul. B is for Bigfoot. C is for Chupacabra, D is for David Demon, and E is for Enfield Monster. So what's this one called? Southend. Ratman or R. Yeah. Yep, R is for Ratman of Southend. And what you've got here is um, like a human-sized rat looking a bit tired or hungover in a dressing gown, pink dressing gown, holding a cup of coffee. Fumes coming off of it. Fumes or heat? Well, just, yeah, you know, like heat vapor. <laughs> fumes. I say fumes. Don't know where I got that from. A, you know what I mean? A nice, a nice cup of paraffin. Um, well, no, you, or not fumes, you know, you can get, you can yeah, get yeah, like yeah. Nice, the uh, heat lines. The, the heat lines, yeah, you know what I mean. So, ghost tours in the Essex area have been known That wasn't to one of my wiser purchases, I'll be honest. <laughs> <laughs> well, not, at, least, at, least you, at least you might learn the alphabet now, Neil. <laughs> I doubt it. Doubt it. Too late. Can't teach an old dog new tricks. Um, 
So ghost tours in the Essex area have been known to include nighttime visits to the Ratman Tunnel in hopes of seeing the creature. And in the Grand Theft Auto games, they have their own legend of a man with a rat's head that haunts the subways of Grand Theft Auto. No, which one? No, it just says games. I can't rem- I can't remember that, can you? No, not at all. So good stuff so far. So I'm gonna next article I'm gonna have a look at is from the Watts Report dot blogspot dot com. Yeah, so that by the Dan Watts. Uh, so, shall I just? Uh, I'll read through this. It's it's done in a conversation. Yeah, it's done in a me, con- I'm just I'm just just getting out of my disappointment about Baby's first cryptid. <laughs> it's literally just an alphabet book with with um, yeah cryptozoological animals as the. Uh, I mean, you really can just these days. You can self-publish any old bollocks, can't you? Yeah, I mean, why not? Should we do um? Should we do a companion book to our? To each series, could do, couldn't we? Could do, yeah. Chapter on each, yeah. That's twenty-five chapters. That's not too bad, Neil. It's done. Yeah, that's fifty like, words. Of like fixing all the spelling mistakes. And the <laughs> I'm all right doing the writing. If you're all right going through and editing it, the entire thing. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so, so yeah, this conversational style. Hey, Danny. I know you live in Kent, but I don't suppose you've been to South End lately. You said you wanted spooky stories, and this one's pretty creepy. I first heard it last year when I found a note under my windscreen wiper. I think someone had been putting them on the vehicles in the car park. But it was loads of writing, like a police notice. And it was basically telling people not to go into these tunnels at night. It said some of those people have been hurt down there, but didn't specify exactly what had happened. Something you might find of interest? When I received this email in 2002, I didn't bother replying. It wasn't that I was ignoring the friend who had sent it, but I didn't know quite what to make of it. For one thing, I knew these kind of things got shoved under your windscreen wipers, menus for kebab houses, parking tickets, religious literature, but not this... Neil, you don't have a car like myself, but you do have windscreen wipers. Have you ever had anything shoved under them? A copy of the Gideon Bible. Um, <laughs> I'll be honest with you, that one, that one weighed it down a little bit. Um, yeah. They're good, good, solid windscreen wipers, fortunately. Mm. To keep, yeah, you know, tracks from tits, serial killers. Keep, keep your tits clean. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I've got mine. <clears throat> Well, they get moist in the summer, so, you know. Yeah, and they get wet when it's raining. And I need people to be able to see them. Um, (laughs) In truth... Got to be visible at all times. Got to be visible. That's why why I have that uh, PVC see-through square there at all times on every single item of clothing I wear. Every single item. In truth, I thought it was all a wind-up. Even friends who I had not seen in the flesh for many years are fully aware of my interests with all things paranormal. No doubt this friend was just kidding to see if my head would explode with the awesomeness of his lie. Fucking hell. He's got a fairly low bar for head explosions. Not exactly scanner's territory, is it? 
But two months later, I received yet another email. My friends had apparently been captivated by the story. They'd gone to the effort of, oh, no. Imagine digging out something this time. <laughs> he had actually gone to the effort of asking people about it, about what the police notice may have meant. And this is what he told me. Many years ago, a tramp lived under the tunnel in question. He was a bitter, strange man with terrible secrets. He was also lame and reliant on handouts to get through the day. Spare a bob, he'd asked passers-by. I don't know why he's from the West Country. His friendly, his friendly smile, well, that's how it's written. His friendly smile dissolving when their backs were turned. But one night it all ended. A group of teenagers, all absolutely pissed, by the way, came across the town to loon over him. After slurring a few insults, they gave him a thorough kicking and took his blanket as some sort of trophy of the night sport. <laughs> Would you like to go out for a spot of night sport? Kick a tramp to death. Take a uh, seat there. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, actually, so, so that, that one does sound like, again, like someone homeless. And I'm slightly weirded out as well, the description. So he was, he was bitter and full of secrets. I'm, well, I'm wondering I think how they person- established that. Well, I think this person, uh, the Dan Watts, is making a story out of it. I think that's yeah. the feeling I'm getting. No, no, uh, yeah, exactly. It's, it feels a bit sort of um, like embellished. Um, so I don't know how quite how they managed to understand those characteristics. I mean, I think you know anyone who's homeless is going to be fairly bitter. So yeah, I'm not going to. I'm probably not going to read all this. Cause I think it's just his story. So that would be wrong of me to read. Um, but check it out if you want to. Uh, yeah. Yeah, if you have a look, but I will, I will read this quote written by a poster called Solid Snake. Nice. Guys, shit, you won't believe what I just heard. I was at school, but I heard from a mate that the tunnels near the end of the high street had something really fucked up in them. A friend of my older brother said that a mayor had a son, a fugly son by another woman, and it was born looking like a rat. <laughs> it was well fugly. He wasn't even peng. <laughs> to protect his career, the mayor had the baby put in the tunnel. It grew up all hairy and shit. And it's allowed to escape at night. Go under there, try eat you alive. Let's meet on Saturday and look under there. G I O W. So, G I O W. Dunno. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, so that's, that's, a, that's another way of telling that, the story of the mayor with the... Um, yeah. The so, Neil, do you think... what What's your thoughts on this so far? Are you, like me, thinking military experiment gone wrong? Yeah, I, I reckon... I reckon there's... Um, I reckon they both exist co-independently. I reckon there's a there's two rat men. In, in, there's a yeah. ghost. There's a ghost one, and then there's the live one. Yeah. Um, are the ghost are ones they, trying to warn off? Uh, are they connected from... mentally? Oh, what you think? One of no, them? No, they're, the ghost they're in opposition. Ghost. I think. Yeah. <laughs> right. I, th- I think the homeless guy was actually all right, but he just you know he got bit, beaten out, and he's just he's haunted. But then he's trying to warn people off of um, you know, because they'll get they'll get eaten up by this uh, the mayor's son. Otherwise, so don't come right. down here. You know, he's, he's misunderstood. He, uh, you know. Do you think? Do you think it might be, perhaps, uh, a, a man in the iron mask situation where yeah. the rat down there? It's a tragic should scenario act, where he's cursed to be misunderstood. But better, better to stay out of the actually next in line. It's next in line to be mayor. <laughs> but, 
he's there in his iron mask. I don't um, I don't know if the title of mayor is hereditary, but it could be. I mean it might as well be, might not it? Yeah, might as well what, be. What in our society? Yeah, fucking local politics. Yeah. Um so you think it's you think that there's there's two two separate rap men. I, I think this yeah, I think there might well be two separate the spirit, ones. the good spirit and the vicious monster. Yeah. Okay. It's like the duality of man. It's correct, and that's what this is really at the heart of it. That's what this is about. Well, you know, as with so many of these tales, Chris, man's the real mm. monster, isn't he? Mm. Whether, whether it be those teenage thugs who kick to death a poor homeless person for no good reason, or the mayor you know, and his philandering, shamed by his son for you know he's got a well. Curse I mean, what I would no, what I what I would say the mayor's the mayor's in the wrong for being an adulterer. But, I mean, what do you do? What do you do when your rat child decides that it wants to eat human flesh? I mean, you're kind, underpass, apparently. you're kind of in an impossible situation, aren't you? Really? I mean, you can't, you know, have it running around town biting people's faces off. You know, not not this close to the election. Um, <laughs> so, I don't know. He's kind of done his done his best. Do a number on house prices as well, I imagine. Oh, nobody wants, nobody wants to live next door to a feral rat man. <laughs> Constantly scratching at your windows. It's not, it's not, you never see that in location, 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 do you? Kirsty well, also what, take, take that's, a dip that's, that's because it's heavily edited. Yeah. True. You, would be, you would be surprised how many there it's are. Surprised how often it crops up. <laughs> now, there is a local cryptid. Right, now, now, this is a bit more expensive than you're after. Um, but it's got everything you want. It's got the dining room. It's got an office for John when he's working. You've got a nice back garden there. Um, you know, it's got a wishing well in it. Uh, the one downside is the neighbour does have a feral rat boy who will will try and get in the house and eat your face. But, you know, it's got great security. He can't, he can't get in. Just draw the curtains... <laughs> Put your earplugs in. Just don't, just every, don't use every that every night. Place. Yeah, just don't use them. Just run across the A road. Safe, isn't it? Do you reckon that's if people are just trying to, it's just a bit of bounce, just trying to get people to get run over instead? Yeah, that's pure bounce. It's just, just, just somebody who thinks, it's either bounce or just somebody who thinks that, you know, just really believes that, um, you know, should separate out the, the wheat from the chaff. And, you know, if you, you're not strong enough to be able to run across the road, the, those by, the, traffic, by, the, by the gift of traffic. Don't, don't deserve to, uh, <laughs> don't deserve to get across nature, the road. Nature's way, yeah. running people over. All these underpasses are just, you know, just letting the, the herd come through. I think it's well, and also I imagine that, and, you know, not casting any aspersions because it happens everywhere, but I would imagine that South End at night, especially on the weekend, we'll have a lot of boy racers driving around. Maybe they've had a pot spliffs. Maybe they've had some tonics. Who knows? You know, driving around in their hot hatches. With, Jacked up to their eyeballs. With their 16-year-old girlfriends, even though they're 25, that kind of thing. Uh, racing round. So I would imagine it's quite dangerous to cross the road. But you can't use the underpass. So... Maybe build a bridge, build a 
build a footbridge over it, fill fill the underpass in with concrete. But then, then the foot, footbridge, and there's a troll living under that. So it just, just gets even worse, <laughs> doesn't it? You just, you just well, you've got, you, you've just got, got yourself a whole fucking Billy situation. At this point, yeah. <laughs> and I don't know if the troll could sort of like take out the rat boy. I don't know if that, I don't know how that works. I don't know what top trumps um, is. Well, yeah, well, mythical breach community. But that's the thing you do that you send a troll to go and take him, and they come, they come to an agreement. I mean, I do wonder, so this mayor, has he actually yeah. just tried, like, you know, giving these kids some different diet opportunities? Uh, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe feed them salads. <laughs> well, what, I mean, rats will eat anything, won't they? So, yeah. you know, what's wrong, with, what's wrong with normal food? No, I mean, like, just, do you know what, like... Very picky, what, very picky eater. Yeah, it? it's very picky. What, what's happened here is, like, so many parents these days... This mayor's indulged you know, this indulged, rat yeah. boy. You know, for indulged. Oh, no, I only eat white food. Oh, no, I only eat human flesh. Do you know what I mean? Like, Next thing you know, having to put him up under an overpass. Next thing you have, to build, you, have, you have to build, a, build an underpass with a secret chamber. And, you know, if people are going to, you know, aren't people asking questions? Does this come up in town council meetings? I mean, I don't know. Apparently, the police just put notes under people's windscreen windows. That's <laughs> the most effective form of comms. I hadn't thought of that. Normally, I'd go for something like an, an email chain or, you know, maybe on the local news or something like that. Yeah, on TV. Yeah. yeah. Just, you know, <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe close the underpass off. Yeah, fair, fair enough. We'll put, put together some sort of spurious leafleting campaign. That's a, that's, that seems like it'll win people's so trust. So, so that only, only drivers who are the people who obviously most use underpasses <laughs> are the ones who find out. No pedestrians will find out about it. Um, okay, Neil, well, I think we've, uh, we've we've discovered all we can about the Rat Boy. Um, so... It wasn't very much, was it? <laughs> it wasn't... It's, it's, not a, it's not an in-depth legend... Uh, I, I would, I would go, I'd go I mean, that far. I, I suppose the one thing I would say about this is, you know, if you think about it from a folkloric perspective, it's quite a modern one, isn't it? Yeah, it sounds like quite a modern one, and it's it it seems to be a little bit like there's some scepticism either of kind of like you know all kids today, or you know or local, like or local, local politicians. Yeah, tell me what this is. This is fucking Middle England's wet dream, isn't it? That's what this is. Oh, teenagers, oh, politicians. But the, pun- the punishment doesn't seem to fit the crime oh, too much to me because it's like, well, you know, you're gonna you're gonna have this sort of rat child, or you yourself are gonna turn into a sort of rat and just end up killing other folk. I suppose with the homeless one, then there's something there about people feeling guilty about you know. Well, the homeless guy turns into a rat thing because he got the superpower of the rat, yes. like in Batman, but then. Died anyway, but then kept the superpower. Don't know. Never heard of that before. Maybe it's like Dexter is just taking out evil people. Maybe. So yeah, well, he, he, he only he, he only eats other serial killers <laughs> who happen to who happen to come through the tunnel. I mean, it couldn't be any less ridiculous than that fucking show got. So I'm I'm sure there are not, any about. I've not two. watched it. I saw the first. Two, I think, maybe three, and then I just got bored of it. But um, it, let's just say, yeah. Well, I mean, every everyone, it's kind of like um, the first one was fine, and then, but then mm. it just becomes, 
yeah, there's another serial killer who's got a sort of hunt down and just end up. How are you going to resolve it this time, Dexter? Killing them, I guess. Kill, killing them and shoving the body before. Yeah. yeah, all right. Doing that again, yeah. Fair enough. Probably duck out it's at this a, point. It's like even more boring than a police procedural. But if he'd been a rat boy, no, well, he'd, eat, he'd eaten them instead. Mate, know? that could have been that could have been how they spiced it up, kind of series four onwards. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> turns into a rat. He gets boy. his face eaten by rats and turns into a, a haunted rat boy or something. <laughs> well, if you're listening, Hollywoods, we're available. We're available. Cracking ideas like that. Yeah, we're available to edit scripts. <laughs> punch it up for you, you know. You get, you're spinning your wheels for about four or five seasons. You need to these kind of things to sort of beef it up. We'll punch it right. up. <laughs> Neil, spookiness, you go first. Uh, it is quite spooky, actually. I think, you know, the idea of, uh, you know, being a homeless person and firstly being, you know, because I think, um, sadly, you know, homeless people do get attacked. Um, yeah. It probably is young lads generally, unfortunately. But, um, young men um you know that's that's quite yeah um that's quite weird or um yeah well sorry that's quite you know that's quite quite horrific and then you know the idea of sort of them being sort of eaten by rats has gone pretty pretty but then coming back to sort of like uh you know so yeah that's quite i think that's quite spooky it's quite a nice little touch and it's kind of that whole urban kind of legend side of it sort of thing is you know it's very very around a city isn't it that's like the rats are yeah. involved and things like that it's quite a nasty little kind of um part of it. the mayor's son not so much that feels a bit more like um yeah i don't know that's that's i mean that that, that just feels to me like you know to be honest with the mayor's guy stuff in it get, yeah that's a bit you know obviously distrust of politicians and stuff but you know i don't, don't think the mayor's been particularly punished there so uh, it's been taken well, people. the thing is, in the UK as well, mayors have nowhere near the kind of power that they would have in, like, an American city or whatever. It's, it's almost purely ceremonial. So Yeah, apart not... from, as I said, the mayor of London, which did have... Yeah, Manchester as well. Um, but, yeah, sort of the, bigger, the... the bigger, bigger cities. But, um, no, you're right, it's more, it tends to be more of a ceremonial function, I think, in, the, in small towns and things, and cities. But... Um, yeah, so no, I think yeah, I think there's not loads to it, but I think it's it's quite spooky. I mean, rats are quite off-putting, as you tell, you know, for me, the um, the tail of the Seder, Seder mouse, Seder rat, and you know, a giant one. I think that would be pretty. Um, that shit you up pretty pretty fine. Um, and yeah, so I'm going to give this a. We'll give it a seven. Seven. Yeah. So. Um... You know, in an in an urban environment, uh, yeah, underpasses sort of poorly lit at night. Um, they are quite spooky. I think that the main spookiness is that you're worried that you're going to get attacked or mugged. Really, that's kind of the, rather than the supernatural. <laughs> but, by a rat, though. Well, by a you know, if you're going to get, you know, eaten or. I don't know, spooked up by kind of a rat man, then yeah, that's worse. Um, yeah, I mean they they are they are kind of naturally they're quite unsettling. They they're quite unsettling to to walk through, you know, just in general. Yeah. I think, um, yeah, and and I guess what adds to that as well is sort of the origin of one of the origins is that the bloke was attacked by a load of drunk teenagers 
which is kind of what you're worried about yourself when you're going through when you're going through um, an underpass. So yeah, I mean, I can imagine, you know, that just adds it adds a little bit more to an already quite uncomfortable experience, which is walking through underpasses at night. So uh, I'm going to give it a six. So believability. Um, well, unfortunately, uh, attacks on homeless people is very believable, and it happens. So, um, you know, I don't know what the fuck's going on with people who do stuff like that. I really don't. Um, don't know what's going on in their heads. Um, but it does happen. Um you know, rat, rats do exist as far as I'm aware, so that's believable. Um, a mare being adulterous, that's believable. <laughs> um, it's it's really just when we come to the rat man bit of it where the story falls down a little bit for me. You know, the, the substance of things, <laughs> really. So, um, I mean, you know, it could... You know, it could come from a homeless person was attacked and killed in, you know, in an underpass, and then legends came up from that. That's believable. Um, I don't know. I'm going to give it. I'm going to give it a four for believability. Neil. Yeah, I think it's a bit low here for me because um, I suppose what I take into account. So you know, the believability of a rat person, though, and also. I mean, these, these are classic kind of like you've had some tales here and you've heard them from some third party. Seems to be quite recent, but it's, um, you know, there's no, there's no sort of corroboration. There's no sort of, there's not even any talks of particular attacks or just, you know, made up ones that, oh, you know, and then, then such and such happened. I mean, supposedly this thing lives off of, um, human flesh, but we're not sort of given any accounts as to people, you know, normally they'd be at least eaten. No, that's true. Yeah, leaves no evidence. Yeah, or um, DNA maybe. You think maybe that makes it more believable. Um, yeah, those sort of close accounts, things like that. Um, yeah, I, I, intrinsically, it's kind of like not terribly believable. And there's nothing. There's no kind of like real talk of any. You know, yeah, mayor having. You know, well, well, firstly, people can't give ball. Can't give birth to uh, to rat children. There's been mm. some. Yeah, well. In terms of mannerisms, perhaps I've certainly met a few, but mm. um, not with huge tails and whatnot. Um, People are born with tails, like an elongated vesicle tail or something like that. But um, um, anyway, you know, it's not. Uh, I yeah, I don't. Intrinsically, I just don't find this one. Uh, there's not much to sort of latch onto here in terms of believability. So I'm going to give it a three. Three. Okay. So, Reach, you go first on that one, I believe, Neil? I can't, yeah. It's um, it's not one that I'd really heard of before. It's, and I it's can't in my see... baby's first cryptid. <laughs> it is. Well, that's true, actually. Yeah, I was just going to say, it's not, I don't know how far this has actually gone in it. It has gone into my baby's first cryptid, although it's frankly, in a, it's, it's, in probably... a few, it's in a few uh, almanacs, I believe. It's Different. probably just struggling for an R. I mean, I would have gone with Rougarou, personally. Um, wow. But there you go. Much funner, cryptid. But um, no, it's. Um, I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't know that this one's going to 
It has. I think it's been. A, there's been a reference in a comic book. I think it has been. It has touched in a couple of places, but it's, it seems to be very much more of a local legend. Probably one that's not been around that long, and I don't know how much legs this is going to have. It's kind of quite like a nice little eerie story, but uh, yeah, I can't. You know, because of the internet, obviously these things always start to expand a little bit. But I can see it being the sort of thing that that was would sort of come and go in years gone past, where it's probably taken on a bit of a second life thanks to the internet. So I'm not going to rate it too low because of that, but I'm not going to rate it too high either because I can't imagine it's gone sort of worldwide or it's one that people would hear of unless you're actually looking into this sort of stuff. So I'm going to give it on balance four out of, four out of um, ten. Yeah, I mean, it's been in a few different books like that, what it's like and cryptid and there's, I mean, I think coincidentally a, a rat, man character mentioned apparently in a gta game um yeah i think it's a local it's a it's a it's a proper local legend to south end so like on the south end ghost tour they'll talk about it and that kind of stuff but i don't think it's got much outside of south end and stuff unless you're kind of looking for it really so um on that basis i'm going to go for a three so Narrative premise. So there's there's the two narratives, um, the Flandrin Mare and the horrific, uh, horrific treatment of a homeless person. Um, I mean, I mean the I don't know. Like it's it's weird. You know, I mean, I quite like the narrative of the mayor having a rat boy and it develops a take of human flesh, so it builds it builds an underpass and a secret thing like a like a human trap for I can, the I can see it being like a bawdy comedy, like a sort of nineties uh, <laughs> early aughts. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah. So well, no, if it was in the seventies you would have gotten yeah, like Frank Spencer in it, but uh yeah. or Robin Asquith. Um, but I, uh, yeah, I mean, I quite, I mean, that's, that's quite, I mean, that, that's, that's some good, that's some good thinking, like to, you know, eyes and underpass, right? Well, how do we, how do, how do we get from A to B of the mayor having a kid and it now, you know, that's, that's, I quite like that. That's a good, that's a good little mental journey someone's been on there. Um, and, and the other one, <clears throat> you know, that, got beaten to death and then some rats ate it and it became kind of a rat man ghost. Um, again, I mean, like it, it's unfortunately got a grain of truth to it, but um, I've not heard of someone becoming a human animal hybrid after death because of the interference of another animal during their dying moments. I've not heard of that. So, well, there you go. Fairly, fairly original. So, um, and you know, it's an urban one. So, you know, what's scary in in the urban spaces, places like underpasses. So, I'm going to give it a six. No. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm on the fence about this one because I don't think there's intrinsically much further you can go with these. I mean, I think you know the one with the uh, of the homeless person being murdered i think that's that feels like quite a classic kind of horror scenario you know and then the sort of you know being so you know dying dying and then being eaten by rats and then sort of like rising from the grave to haunt people like that's that kind of vengeful spirit thing that you can get from here and there so that's quite a strong powerful um 
narrative. That's quite good. Um, it was quite a compelling one. Um, the, yeah, the mayor one's just really out there, to be honest with you. I mean, obviously, this trust of locals, but yeah, him him building a, an, an <laughs> underpass just so he can sort of build a chamber. To, I mean, that's going to have to be quite an advanced mechanism for this thing to be getting in and out, especially with like rat claws, presumably knocking about. Um, got a retinal scanner. Yeah, how do you reckon? <laughs> do, you, do you reckon it's it's um, it's Splinter from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? Yeah, just got like he's just fucking gone nuts. Yeah. <laughs> he's got started so sick and tired of eating people, raising them kids sick and just want to eat pizza all day. It's like, oh fuck, I'm going to move to Essex and just eat pizza. And finally, hang around and finally indulge in my bloodlust. See, my cannibalistic bloodlust to catch up. He's like, no, I'll tell you what, I'll build you an underpass. You can go and live under that. <laughs> that could well be, yeah. Splinter's just gone mad. Yeah. You would do, wouldn't you? I'm surprised we haven't discussed that bit already. Yes. No, that only just occurred to me. Um, yeah, it, it, it's, um, it's not, it, it's not late to it unless you, yeah, unless you take one of the sort of big angles. But I'm going for the whole thing with the mayor and the underpass, I'm going to sort of bump it up a little bit. So it's going to get a four from me. Four. And that gives us an overall score of 37 out of 80 Urban Legend points uh, using our scoring matrix, which has uh, now been picked up by the British military to mm. assess to assess targets. So that's good, isn't it, for drone strikes? Well, let's, uh, let's, let's see how the testing phase goes first. Yeah, it's not too bad. So what I would like to say to viewers is uh, that is the end of the episode. We will be back next week. But when walking through underpasses, keep your head on a swivel, take your headphones off, you know, um, put your wallet in your, I don't know, uh, arse crack. Your pocket. Uh, Got to hide it away somewhere. Take it, swallow all your rings all your sovereigns, that kind of thing. Um, take all your jewellery off um, and just walk with your hands upright, palms out in a non-threatening way, just in case uh, a group of teenagers come in. Just wheel a life or a man-sized rat trap in front of you. <laughs> You're more worried about the rat than the teenagers. Well, I, I reckon you could you could probably catch a teenager in that just as carry, well. Carry a cricket bat, baseball bat, something like that. Another option. Yeah. All right. Well, that's it. That's some that's some sage advice there. And uh, with that, advice I, about sages. Well, whatever. Make your own um, business. <laughs> with that, I will say, uh, see you next week. Goodbye. Thank you. Goodbye.